What's going on guys? Uh, this is episode 3 of The Skinny. Uh, apologies for the delay if you're listening to this. It's probably going to be coming out uh, on Thursday. Uh, that is my bad. I've been very busy. I've had the, the Easter long weekend. And then I came down with the flu, which was which was not good. I came down with the flu. Uh, I've just been absolutely, last couple of days, just... Just downing these cold and flu tablets uh, non stop. But uh, I'm recording a couple episodes today, so uh, you should still get your, your weekly episode next Tuesday. This one's just going to be a couple of days late, and then next Tuesday there'll be another episode, which uh, I probably won't address. Who knows? What, what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, I hope you had a good Easter, though. My, my Easter was, it was alright, had the family around. Got to got to see my brother. Uh, my brother Justin came over. Uh, my sisters came back home, which wasn't good. Uh, they're just annoying, but that's alright. That's that's family. Uh, but see, I don't really celebrate Easter, and that's not like a religious type of thing. I I don't eat chocolate. I I don't eat chocolate uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, one of the main reasons is because I got sensitive teeth. Um, yeah, so I, I, I ne- but I never used to eat chocolate eggs uh, growing up as well. Um, I, I used to get Easter eggs from my, from my parents. And then, let me just fix that up for a second. And I used to get Easter eggs from my parents. And then I just never eat them. And then I'd end up selling them back to my parents. Uh, all my brothers, they'd purchase the Easter eggs. They're like, I'll give you five bucks for that, that NRL footy egg. I'm like, deal. I don't care. I'm not. I'm not eating it. Um, but I remember one time I got. I don't know if anybody has those Humpty Dumpty eggs. It's like a Humpty Dumpty egg uh, with the the Smarties inside, or the M and M's or whatever inside. And uh, I remember I got given one of those, and it was sitting in the fridge. And I I went into the fridge to go eat it, uh, but a mouse got in the fridge. So when we're living in Western Sydney, and uh, a mouse got in the fridge, but like went through the box and through the wrapper and ate just the face of Humpty Dumpty. Went right through the fucking face of the Easter egg, and uh, just destroyed the fucking Easter egg and uh, ate all the ate all the Smarties. So I remember walking in and just seeing uh, Humpty Dumpty with no fucking face, uh, which was which was fun to watch, but. Uh, I remember we used to have Easter egg hunts as well. I don't know if, if, if people do that. My, my families have a tradition. Uh, all the kids get to do Easter egg, uh, Easter egg hunts. And uh, I remember <laughs> one one day, uh, me and my brother, we were on an Easter egg hunt. Uh, me and my brother Nathan, shout-outs to Nathan. And uh, we, were, we were running around the house trying to find these Easter eggs. And we went into my mum and dad's room to find them. We went under the bed. Looking for Easter eggs, and we found Mum's bong. So that was good times. Got to, I was like, "This isn't an Easter egg at all. I don't even know what this is." And my brother's like, "Yeah, I, I know exactly what this is." Um, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I remember I found out the Easter bunny was not real pretty early. I remember my my mum took uh, my, and uh, I remember I. I went into her room to get it back, and I went into her her closet. And when I went into her closet, I uh, I seen all these Easter eggs just like sitting on the carpet, just in the closet. I was like, "What the fuck? The Easter money's already been." Uh, I thought Easter's next weekend, and I seen all these Easter eggs, and uh, and I I went uh, I went back to my brothers and like, "Yeah, no, there's no such thing as an Easter bunny." I was like, "That's that's crazy that this is." This is a whole whole time it's been alive. I remember I found out early uh, the Tooth Fairy as well and and Santa. I remember I found I found out pretty early for all of them uh, when we were living in housing commission, but uh, we're getting presents and I was saying for Santa. It's like yeah, it it like we used to believe that it was Santa because like we how could we afford it? But then we would see the presents uh, in in my mum and dad's room. And I remember the Tooth Fairy. We found out the Tooth Fairy wasn't real. Uh, I remember I walked up 
to to mum and I was like hey mum I lost the tooth and uh, she's like yeah cool and I was like am I gonna get the money and she's like yeah whatever and I was like sweet I'm gonna get it she's like I was like the tooth fairy's gonna come visit she's like I'll put the fucking money under you uh, in the medicine cup when I can and I was like oh that's crazy I thought the tooth fairy did it turns out the tooth fairy's uh, real name was Senlink Payments so I don't know why I went into a ramble about the tooth fairy now focus of this episode today was actually if you if you listen to episode two last week uh i i spoke about um how i started comedy and the process of me doing comedy and I, at the end of the episode i i said i wanted to talk about opportunities uh particularly australia's got talent and uh and black comedy i'll begin with uh, with black no with australia's got talent i did australia's got talent that's probably how I'm not gonna lie. Uh, someone said to me, "If if you had the opportunity to go back and do Australia's Got Talent again, would you do it?" And I said no. Uh, now I understand AGT has kind of launched my career per se, like it's given me uh, a lot more notice, like a lot more people know me now, which is which is fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, but it's riddled me with this anxiety, uh, especially when I did the semi-final. Now, the audition was great, and I'll get to that, but the semi-final just has riddled me with this anxiety that no gig I ever do now is ever going to be of that value. And, uh, but I remember how I, so I was at, a, I was at an open mic, and I was sitting at an open mic, Mad Dog, shout out to Mad Dog Comedy, back in the day and I was I was there and uh, I remember my dad sent me a message he's like I seen an ad for Australia's Got Talent you should apply and I was like eh not really and he's like nah do it what do you got to lose I said that's a good point and so I applied for this and they they replied to me pretty pretty quickly because they'd like we need you to send footage of your work so I sent footage of my raw comedy set and they got back to me pretty quickly and like, hey, we liked your your stuff. We'd like you to come do uh, a personal studio audition. Uh, we'd like to 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 move up your audition date. And I was like, that's what's up. And uh, so I went to the exhibition center. This would have been like probably February. Uh, this might be a bit static, but uh, I went up to uh, the the audition about would have been February March in twenty nineteen last year. And we we went there was hundreds of people auditioning. Uh, but the good thing was because mine was a personal interview, I got to like walk past all these plebs who were ready to do their standard audition. I got advanced into the into a room with the producers only and got to to do that audition. And uh, yeah, so I, I I did the audition. I performed to just the producer. Uh, a camera woman, another person who was working on a show, and the cleaning lady who was in the back corner. So I had four people. That's your regular gig uh, in Melbourne, open mic in Melbourne. Did my audition. They loved it, and I kind of knew I was going to go through to the next round because uh, to the actual proper audition because he said uh, next time we see you, can you bring your father? We think it would be good to have your father. And I was like, ah, oh, that's what's up. They're going to use this as a storyline. I was like, yeah, that, 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 no stress, bro. I can, I can, I can bring in my dad. So I get an audition date, which is May uh, twenty twenty nineteen, May tw- May the twenty second, and I take a day off work. Me and my brother, who was his birthday at the time, uh, and my dad, we went, we went to this audition, and we got there at like nine thirty in the morning, and uh, we had to do, like, we had to sign in or whatever. And then we had to like, um, uh, like, film me and my dad, and then shots of me, and then shots of the both of us walking to. It was at the Palais Theatre, and we had to like take like seven shots of us walking to the theatre, and then me stopping, looking at the fucking the Palais Theatre, and just staring at this, just like doing like the the dumbest fucking uh, look at at the theatre and then at the beach. Uh, in slow motion, they would they made it slow motion. It was just so trash, and uh, and that took forever. And then we went back into this this 
cooped up room. Now, we went upstairs, and the funny thing was, right, so we went upstairs uh, at the Palais Theatre, and well, actually, no, we were in Luna Park next door, and uh, we're in, up in this uh, this studio room, and uh, it was me. There was actually a couple of comedians, a couple of comedians, uh, Joe White, one of my mentors, pretty much. Joe White's been a mentor for me uh, before Australia's Got Talent and also during and after. He was there. Stuart Walker, another another mate of mine, another comedian as well, was there. And uh, it was them two, me, my brother, a couple of musicians. Uh, there was a guy with a dog who was, like, really old. There was this dude who had, like, a sword that was, like, on fire and shit. I'll get to that in a sec. But we're all just, like, cooped up in this, in this fucking little room, uh, there was no room to sit or put our bags or anything like that, because there was this cheerleading group who took up all the room, fucking little shits, uh, they didn't get through, uh, and yeah, we were sitting there for ages, bro, like, ages, man, we were sitting there for fucking ages, and, uh, but we were mic'd up for most of it, so I had to be careful what I was saying, and, uh, there's a scene in the audition, uh, if you've watched the audition where I go, oh, I need to pee first. I generally needed to pee. And uh, my dad's like, hey, we're going to go outside for a bit. And I said, I just need to, to pee first. And then, like, the scenes where I'm coming out of the coffin, which was uh, from a band that was auditioning. Uh, all this shit that was happening uh, during this uh, this audition was, uh, it was, it was the longest fucking day ever as well. We were there for nine, and I didn't get on the stage till 10, 10.30. Uh, I got on stage at 10.30. Where's my fucking charger? So I got on the stage at 10.30 and we rocked up at 9.30 in the morning. So it was uh, a 13 hour day. But uh, we're sitting in this in this audition and we had to do uh, all, these, all these promo videos uh, for ages. And uh, I remember I had to sit down with, uh, with, with comedian Stu Walker shout out to Stu and we sat there and we were just like chatting away and just like asking as if like pretending that we didn't know each other as fuck which was fucking great uh because we knew each other we've done plenty of gigs together uh and so we had to pretend like we didn't know each other but we also knew the answers which made it uh real easy um and then eventually uh oh that was loud uh eventually we we fucking uh that's probably gonna pop up later uh, we we got to the actual audition, and even then, like, actually, no, no, so before we got to the audition, uh, this is funny, there was a guy who was like a ninja sort of thing, he had this sword, and his act was he was going to put the sword on fire, right, and uh, I remember he was there, bro, and uh, he, w- he had the sword, and he was doing his tricks and whatever, and I was like, so what do you do, man? And he's like, uh, I, I put it on fire. And I was, I was like, no, oh, that's what's up. And I was like, do it now. And he's like, oh, no, I can't really do it now. And I was like, nah, you can do it now. He's like, what if it sets off the fire alarms? I said, bro, it's not going to set off the fire alarms. You're fine. And then as soon as he lit it up on fire, boom, poof, the fire like went up. And like the smoke hit the fire alarms, shut down the whole place. It shut down the whole fucking upstairs room. Uh, all the people come around, they're like, what are you fucking doing, what are you doing, why, what are you, why is this on fire, he's like, oh, I was just practicing, and me and my dad, and my brother Justin, are cracking up laughing at this point, because he can't blame it on us, right, he's the one that was dumb enough to light it on fire, we didn't think he would actually do it, right, we're just like, ah, show us, and then he did, and then shut the whole thing down, now this was, uh, the funny thing about this, this was 20 minutes before the audition started, we had to all evacuate downstairs. It was like me, uh, uh, Stu Walker, Andrew Ormady, who was a clown uh, from Adelaide, uh, Mitch Tambo. You may have seen Mitch Tambo, the indigenous musician who has gone on to do uh, Eurovision like auditions for Australia. He's he, he made it to the grand final. Very talented man. And... Uh, yeah, so we're all we're all sitting outside the the room outside, and we could hear the crowd entering the Palais Theatre, and they're all entering the Palais Theatre, and uh, uh, we can hear them all filling the crowd. Ben Lomas, fellow comedian Ben Lomas, was uh, was the hype man, so he's he's hyping the crowd up, but there's no one ready to audition because we had to wait for uh, we had to wait for the uh, 
the fire crew to check it out and then we can go upstairs, get our stuff, come down and audition. And we're sitting all there like panicking and shit. Well, I wasn't panicking. I was, I was loving it. I thought it was hilarious. And uh, we're, we're there for, for, for ages and they delayed the time of the show. The show didn't start till like 7.45 instead of 7.15. And uh, uh, I thought it was funny that we delayed the show until I realised that I was the second last person to audition. I I auditioned second last, which was not good. Uh, but we so like we 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 get our all our stuff, and and I was mic'd up pretty early as well. I had to do promo shots, uh, very early. And I was mic'd up very very early, uh, for the audition, and I was like, oh sweet, I'm gonna be auditioning. That's what's up. Uh, but instead, this little fucking dweeb kid, nah, he's all right. Uh, uh, uh JJ Pantano. Uh, apologies if I mispronounced his name. He he got up did his set. He was very early. He got the golden buzzer. And I was like, ah, that's that's crazy. That I that I now have to get on late at the end of the night as a comedian after this this child just got the golden buzzer. And uh, I was I remember we we were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for ages, and then we had to go get mic'd up a second time. And uh, me, my brother, and my dad. My brother wasn't getting mic'd up, but he had to follow us. And uh, the three of us were in the hallway, and the judges were coming through. So, that's what's up. Uh, so, Manu, Lucy Durak, Shane Jacobson, and Nicole Scherzinger, uh, the four of them were walking past us in the hallway. And my dad looks at, uh, he looks at Manu, and he goes, G'day, Pete. Now, for you who didn't understand that, Pete is the other judge with Manu on My Kitchen Rules. My dad thought that it was Pete, not Manu. There is a big difference. One's an Australian, one's a Frenchman. He's looked at Manu in front of everybody in this room and the hallway and goes, G'day, Pete. How are you, mate? And Manu just turns around and sees a bloke in a Sydney Roosters jersey and Adidas tracksuit just looking at him with sandals and thongs going, G'day, Pete. How are you, mate? We all lost it. Words cannot describe how much my brother and I cracked up laughing. And then my dad's like, looks at Manu. And I was like, Dad, that's that's Manu. He's like, ah, Manu, Pete, fuck yeah, whatever one would do. What are you doing? I'm mic'd up standing right next to you and you're saying this shit. Uh, but then we we ended up doing promo shots and we had to, to, to sit up in the waiting room. And uh, we're in the waiting room there was a bar. And... Uh, I, me, my brother, and my dad were like, fuck it, we'll have a couple of drinks while we're waiting, we're not going to be until like 10 or whatever, um, I go to get a drink, I grabbed a, grabbed a can of Jack Daniels, uh, and I went back later, and she's like, nah, you're done, I was like, what do you mean, and she's like, we're cutting you off at one drink, only, Audiacs only get one drink, I said, that's kind of dumb, uh, she's like, no, we can't, we can't let you on, and I was like, that's stupid, uh, I'm not going to fuck up my set, uh, just let me let me have another drink, and she's like, "No, we don't trust you if you get drunk on that stage." I was like, "That's crazy," uh, but then my brother just bought a drink and I had that drink, um, and then I remember sitting there for fucking ages, uh, waiting, waiting, waiting. I was t- I was sitting back upstage with uh, backstage with Mitch Tambo and a few other acts, and we're waiting, and then eventually we we went down there, and I was just at the point I was just tired. I I, I wasn't nervous. A lot of people ask if I was nervous. I wasn't nervous at all. Uh, I was just at the point where I was like, just fucking get me on. Just get me on that stage, man. Just let me do this fucking gig. Uh, let me perform. And uh, eventually, they're like, all right, we'll, we'll, you'll be on very soon. And uh, I was seeing all these acts come back from the stage and walk backstage and walk past me. And they were saying they didn't get through. I said, oh, this is... This is going to be fucking rough. And I could hear Nicole absolutely roasting people. I remember there was a guy with a dog who I mentioned earlier. He had this dog uh, who was really old. And uh, he, this dog was uh, not doing the tricks he was meant to do. And Nicole just goes, I don't know what your talent is, but you better figure it out soon. And that was a horrendous American accent. But that's what she said. And it was fucking hilarious to us. But he just stormed off the stage. And I was like, this is going to be brutal. 
and then we get into the, the we're right backstage, we're ready to go. They're like, all right, we'll get you to talk to Ricky Lee. I talked, spoke to Ricky Lee for a bit, and then bang, straight onto that stage. Did the audition. It was so much fun. Uh, and then after the audition, went backstage. All the producers fucking loved my set. Like, all, not the producers, all the people on the sound and whatever, and 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 uh, video who were right next to the stage were like, dude, that was so funny. I was like, that's what's up. I'm still still can't believe I just did that. And uh, did the did the audition. Uh, they said, uh, you got four yeses. Uh, we'll get back to you about the semi-final. Uh, I was like, hell yeah. And then the, the semi-final was in June, late June, 28th of June. Uh, or July. No, it was July because uh, I, was, I was already up in Sydney anyway. So I was up in Sydney doing a run at, run at the comedy store. And then they said, hey... Uh, are you available for a semi-final on this date? And I said, "That's what's up. I'm already in Sydney. Uh, let's let's go." And uh, now the thing about the semi-final is I didn't like it at all. And the semi-final, I had to apologize for the sniff. I had to send them a, a script of all the potential jokes that I would do. They then had a comedy writer look over these jokes then he sent back which jokes he would like me to do uh, and in which order to do these jokes now I disagree with this because I know how these jokes work I've been doing these jokes for years but I didn't I didn't argue I just said okay that's what's up so I rock up to this semi-final uh, but we had to do like multiple days of rehearsal so it was, it was, the semi-final was on the Saturday but we had rehearsals Wednesday Thursday Friday and then the show Saturday. So Wednesday, Thursday, we rocked up. It was just, uh, we rocked up to Fox Studios, which was good because it was conveniently right next door to uh, the comedy store. And uh, so we're there right at this uh, at this audition. I uh, started the, the semi-final rehearsals and I got to meet Olina, uh, who got the golden buzzer in my semi-final. I got to meet her and her, her lovely family as well as fun size uh and I got to like we sit back uh but I was there for like fucking six hours before I got to rehearse uh went on the stage did the rehearsals got to meet all the uh, all the lovely uh Fremantle folk uh who I uh I eventually troll after Australia's got down I'll get to that later but um uh, I did the semi The thing was, we auditioned... I uh, Sorry, we rehearsed like three times a day for three days straight. And when we weren't rehearsing, we were sitting in a, in a trailer just doing nothing. We weren't allowed to... There wasn't any TVs or anything like that. We had to sit on our phones in a fucking uh, small trailer and wait. Uh, it was so boring. Couldn't really go for a walk because we were in Fox Studios. Uh, so we weren't allowed to really go anywhere. I was like, this is fucking trash. The toilet, uh, toilets next door didn't have any toilet paper, so I couldn't go to the toilet. Uh, that was probably the, the, one of the biggest problems. And this happened for a few days, and then the Friday and the Saturday we had, uh, we had tech rehearsals. We had dress rehearsals. And that's when I got to meet Ricky Lee again. Uh, and I remember I was on stage... Actually, I forgot to mention, uh, early in the uh, the first day of rehearsals, I was concussed. So I was walking up to the stage to do my rehearsal and there was hanging lights. And I remember I walked onto the stage and smashed the fuck out of my head on one of these hanging lights. Went down on my knee. I was like, that kind of hurt. I could feel my teeth ringing. And everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I was like... Oh, I'm not going to act like a wimp. I was like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. It, it didn't hurt, it didn't hurt. And then I went on stage and I was that concussed. I didn't remember any of my jokes. I kept screwing it up. So that was fun. But uh, we were doing that. So we're doing this, this dress rehearsal, this tech rehearsal. And uh, I, I accidentally swore. And uh, Ricky Lee was standing. Be- now, I didn't know Ricky Lee was standing behind me, uh, hiding around the corner. And I swore, and I heard someone laugh. And I was like, when the fuck 
when the fuck did Ricky Lee get it? And I accidentally swore again. And then the producer's like, please tell me you're not going to do any of that uh, on the on the, uh, on the the night. And I was like, nah, probably not. Who knows? And uh, so we did the, the rehearsals with Ricky Lee, uh, which is very fun. Ricky Lee's a very, uh, very down-to-earth woman as well. Very down-to-earth uh, person to talk with. And uh, just get advice on what to do in the event of performing to a live audience on TV and whatever. She had a lot of advice on what to do and how to cope with nerves. Now, I don't really get nervous with gigs. It's more anxious than anything. Uh, but, yeah, she was she was a good person to, to just, just chat with for the minutes that we had. You know, she gave great advice about nerves and, uh, and uh, she's like, just focus only on the judges when you first go out there and then, then focus on the crowd and... and uh, and he gave us all these tips on what to do, uh, which was great. Then I got to meet the comedy writer who looked over my set. He's like, oh, you should do this. And I was like, that's not going to work. Um, but I listened to him. And then when I got to the actual day of the, the semi-final, semifinal, I completely uh, ignored everything he wanted me to do. Uh, yeah, so we did the semi-final. Now, the semi-final, I got there at 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and I rocked up, and there was two green rooms which were allocated. Now, this is one in one of my jokes that I've done in the past. There was two green rooms which were allocated to the two individuals uh, who would advance to this next round, which really made me feel like a piece of shit. Now, I'm sitting in this makeup room for ages. Uh, had to do makeup. They're like, oh, we got to do your makeup. And I was like, this is gay as fuck. Um, then they gave me gave me a haircut because uh, I had a shaved head at the time. They just went over it uh, again, shaved my head again. Uh, sat there for ages uh, watching everyone go and do their, do, do their tech rehearsals and their dress rehearsals. Uh, and we're there for fucking hours, man. Then I had to... The, the, the fun part was I got to record... It, it's on the, the 7 Plus app. I got to record me doing the bottle flip challenge. That was a bit fun with one of the women from Fremantle. She recorded me doing an interview, but then she recorded me doing like a bottle flip challenge. That was pretty cool to pass time. And yeah, it was just a fucking boring fucking day. And I had to sit cooped up in a room with these... Dan- Look, the acts were lovely. Everyone uh, who was uh, performing were lovely. I loved every, every one of them. Uh, but just sitting there backstage for so long just really messes with your anxiety, especially as a comedian. You don't really you don't really sit there that long, you know, before you perform. So it's often often fairly fucking anxious uh, to just sit there and just be like, I just, I just want to perform, you know. And then I was meant to be second. I was meant to be second in the semifinal. And I'm sitting in there and they walk up. And they're like, hey, uh, we're going to be moving you uh, second last now. Uh, we've got Alina uh, on earlier. I was like, oh, that's what's up. She was one of the people who had her own green rooms. Uh, I was like, that's crazy. So she gets moved up. She goes on second. She comes back into the green room. She's like, oh, my God, I got the golden buzzer. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Of course she got the golden buzzer. Because she was going to be performing to Jessica Malboy, who's like a, a wonderful singer and whatever. But that's her element. You know, she's performing to a singer. Uh, that, I knew she was going to get the golden buzzer. But the fact that she got moved up and then and then straight away came back and said that she's going to the grand final pissed me off. Uh, and then I had to sit there uh, waiting and waiting and waiting uh, till eventually I got on. Did my set. Hated my set. Hated the entire set. Uh, because they cut out so many jokes um, from the uh, the actual video. So when the episode aired, they cut so much out. I did my Sendlink joke. Now, those who have seen my Sendlink joke that I did on Raw, you would know there's a second part where I talk about my bully, Ziggy Monroe. They cut all of that out. They ended it halfway in the joke where the punchline isn't as strong, which made me look fucking weak in my set. Then they cut out an entire joke. Now, the joke is, uh, I live with my father. Uh, I help pay the rent, uh, uh, which gives me leverage, blah, blah, blah. 
And then I say, my dad came into my room. He's like, what are you eating barbecue chicken in your room for? I said, who pays the rent, cunt? Um, then I'm talk- I don't, didn't actually say cunt. I said, like, chant. And uh, the, the whole joke goes like a minute. And it went very well. Uh, but they edited all of that out. Uh, and yeah, they just chopped up the whole set. And I fucking hated it. But I remember after my semi-final set, I went backstage. And then... Uh, Sienna Osborne went on stage and uh, she performed and then she came back and her, her I, was sitting, I was sitting there watching her perform and then her mum watched her and goes isn't she amazing I was like yeah step into my lane bitch let's see her performing and I'm like you know what I mean I was so angry because uh, I knew she was going to get through straight away uh, we go on the stage we do the, uh, the whole uh, reveal who's going through um, they announced that Sienna's going through to the grand final they shut the lights on us which was funny as fuck so they shut all the lights on us and the lights are only on Sienna and Alina and Ricky Lee and I walk up to these dancers and they asked me if I was okay I was like ah oh, that's what's up now this all finishes uh, all the judges came onto the stage except for a couple. So Nicole, obviously. Now, see, when the cameras aren't running, Nicole Scherzinger is not there. She's got her own green room. When the cameras aren't running, she's not there at the desk. She's just doing her own thing. That's fine. She's too big for the show anyway. Uh, but afterwards, Manu came up to me. And I was like, I roasted you. Because I did. I did the whole, but yeah, bonjour to him uh, and then Lucy Durek came up I had a, had a chat with Lucy and then she was kind enough to tell me that she told everybody at their desk to follow me on Instagram which was pretty cool because uh, Lucy was already following me and then um, uh, I spoke with Shane for a bit and Shane gave me some fucking great advice uh, and then told me if I ever need any help just to message him uh, send him a message and he'll he'll help me straight away which I felt uh, honoured to hear, you know, it was it was good to have someone like Shane Jacobson in my corner. Uh, then afterwards, uh, I went outside and everyone was coming up to me asking for photos, which I was not really inclined to do. I was kind of like, kind of like disappointed. I didn't go through. I just wanted to get my stuff and, and, and go home. I'll go back to the hotel and, uh, but yeah, I, it, was, it was, it was, it was such a disappointing uh, day because not only did they give me a set to do that didn't get me through to the next round I didn't get to dictate my anything on the day it was all so planned so pre-recorded they knew who was going to go through it was yeah it was just horrendous uh, and then I had to fly back home the next day uh, flew back to Sydney and then I had to go back to working my day job and I remember for ages I just had this fucking depression it was so hard to just even want to get out of bed in the morning just because when you you have such a high you know what I mean when you're on such a high doing this show you're performing to a crowd live audience uh it's being filmed it's going to go on tv your dad's there your sister's there your 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 brother-in-law uh is, is there they're all they're all watching you perform uh, this is like a, a big moment and then the next day you have to go back to working in a call center working casual hours doing open mics getting on in the third bracket and uh, getting on late at gigs and it's like what's the fucking point of all of this uh, and then the, the show aired and but the show the audition actually aired a day after I got home and I remember I got home and I had this fucking depression I was so depressed for the whole two days after the semi-final. And then the audition came on. And I was like, okay, this is what I've done. This is this is all the work that I've put in. And for a brief moment, this depression was gone because I was seeing the effort and my set on the TV. I was like, watching the fact that I'm now performing comedy to the country. And that kind of brings you back down to earth a bit. Uh, but... The thing is, people say Australia's Got Talent is a massive opportunity. I, if, if, if I give one advice, don't audition as a comedian. Uh, 
Unless you want to, unless you're all for that. If you, I mean, if you want to ha- be able to perform on a stage like that, a lot of comedians did audition, but only like three of us went through. It's me, Uma Bali, and Emma Krauss from Perth. Only the three of us went through. But yeah, if you do want to audition as a comedian, um, by all means, go for it. But I, I wouldn't recommend it. The show is designed for singers and dancers, and it's always going to be singers and dancers that go through to the grand final. Anyway, uh, I did end up trolling him, which was fun. I remember I I went to the Royal Melbourne uh, Royal Melbourne show, and which is sponsored by Channel Seven. I remember I went there and. Uh, I trolled the shit out of him. I went and like hung it with other acts and whatever, and people from Channel Seven and people were coming up going, "Ah, oh, it's the it's Gavin from Australia's Got Talent. It's the Gippy Boy," and they're wanting photos, selfies. Uh, they asked me to sign their Channel Seven thing. I was like, "Hell yeah, I can do all of this." And then someone from Fremantle walked up and was like, "What the fuck are you doing? You can't be here." Well, they didn't say what the fuck, but like, like, "What are you doing? You can't be." He goes, "Oh my bad." And then I left, and then I went back the next day and did that over and over and over. So I kept rocking up. And I kept, like, taking photos and signing shit. Uh, and every time I went there, Fremantle was like, you can't be here. I was like, why? I'm part of the Channel 7 family, man. I'm part of you, man. We're, we're in this together. I was on your TV show. Let me... These, these people want photos. I'm going to take photos. Then they, they kicked me out of the pavilion. And then I just stood outside the front of the pavilion, just waving and taking selfies with a lot of people. And it was fucking great. Great way to just piss them off. And uh, probably burn the bridges. But I don't give a fuck. Because uh, after uh, AJT, I, I, I went on and did black comedy. Which, honestly, the best moment of my career so far. And I get, fuck, just spoke for nearly 40 minutes about AJT. Uh, I did black comedy. Oh, shout outs to black comedy. Now what happened with black comedy is in 2018, probably September... Uh, sorry for the sniff and uh, I remember we went uh, I applied online so one of my friends Kevin Jin uh, he he reached out to me he sent me an audition application for um, to write for black comedy and I was like that's what's up he's like you're indigenous uh, to an extent you know from your, your end side uh, you're a writer, do this show, and I was like, okay, I'll apply, I applied, they got back to me pretty quickly, and uh, I was like, oh, do I really want to do it, I asked comedian David Woodhead, I was like, should I do this, he's like, man, definitely do this, uh, so they give me, they get back to me, they're like, hey, we'll fly you up uh, for a whole week, you'll, you'll write, and they gave me all the details in regards to the writing workshop. So I leave to do this, and honestly, working on this show has been the best. We we went there, we went and did a, a week of workshop, I got to meet the fucking best. Uh, the Salty Plums, shout out to the Salty Plums, yeah the Salty Plums, YTSP, uh, they're pretty much my family man, the Salty Plums. There's Yaz, uh, Yaz Fawn, uh, as, as... Uh, there's, fuck, can't even remember all of you. Uh, Grace, Boyd, uh, Jamie Lee, uh, the fact that I can't remember Dave, uh, Jamie again, Ray Lee, Sean Chulambara, uh, Jay Point. Shout out to Jay Point, who I got to work with, the job with, uh, Pearl Berry. You know, there's the whole family, man. Uh, if I, I really feel bad if I've, uh, if I forgot. Uh, honestly, I, I haven't been sleeping well, so if I forgot your names, I will give you a tag. Don't worry about it. Uh, Alex, uh, uh, Alex, sorry, uh, Alex Harrison, uh, another mate of mine who I worked on the show with. Uh, but yeah, pretty much we 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 sat there for ages. We we wrote for ages, oh Donny, shout out to Donny, how did I forget Donny, my boy Donny, and Jalen, um, so we wrote for this show, we wrote scripts non-stop, over and over and over, we got to work with comedian Mark Tool, who's the producer for the show, uh, got to meet 
people like Dave Human who works on the show, Nakia Louie, Dave Woodhead, uh, and uh, all the cast of the show as well. And uh, um, oh, I forgot Rihanna as well. Fuck, this is the autism kicking in. Just I don't know, we just remember the names. Rihanna, who was also on the show. Uh, so we were all just sitting there writing for, for like a week. It was the fucking best. And got to like record like some of the sketches that we wrote just to have a feel of what it would look like having your sketch on the TV, which is fucking amazing. I got to, to work with Jalen Sutcliffe, who ended up being in the main cast uh, for season four, who did an amazing job, by the way. Shout out to Jalen if you can still watch season four black comedy Jalen fucking nailed it every scene he was in uh and every sketch he was in and so we got to work together and work on this this small sketch that he wrote which was really fun and uh we got to up to so much shenanigans as well we we nearly got in the fights there I remember I walked up there was a group of miners not miners like miners working miners uh and I sat there and I was like just seeing how long before they could notice I'm sitting there. And then one bloke walks back and he had like a tray full of like ra- raspberry and vodkas. And he's like, do you want one? And I was like, yeah, man, I'll take one. And then I got up and left with that that drink, came back to our, our table full of everyone else. And uh, they walked up and like from behind just like put me in like a chokehold. I was like, ah, this is going to be a fight. This is going to be sick. Uh, and then they, they pretty much cowered their way back to the table after everybody at our table stood up, which was the Salty Plums uh, backing me up. Uh, it was just a fun, fun fucking week, man. We got up to so much trouble and uh, and got to do so much writing. And uh, after that, um, uh, we I, I got contacted by... Uh, they're produced by Mark Tool and 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 and, Kath, and they they told me that they would like me to star in the job. And the job was a a sketch written by uh, John Edwards, J Point Garth, whatever name he goes by. Uh, shout outs to J Point. He wrote this sketch about the job, and I remember when he wrote it during the workshop week. Everyone's like, Gavin should play the job. So the fact that they asked me afterwards means that they still was thinking I'd be perfect so the job is based around Dynamo uh, essentially it's a Dynamo-esque character he's, a, he's, he's, he's got the job in him he's got the demon in him he's he's possessed he has magic uh, and I was asked to do this sketch so I remember I flew up uh, we for a couple of days I Got to work with Tibbs Weil and uh, and 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 Abby, uh, Abby Lee, Abby Lee Lewis, uh, and a couple others in the sketch, and we, uh, we, did the script reading, which was fun, uh, and then we went on to shooting a day or two later, and uh, the the best part about shooting it was uh just the the experience of doing the actual sketch itself was so much fun i got to do a scene where i'm coming in on a hoverboard type thing and there's smoke everywhere and i have to like act like this demon and then like there's scenes where i'm like pouring fish non-stop it was a scene that was cut from the actual episode but i'm pouring fish and it looked like i just keep pouring fish out of this bucket it was so much fun we got to make such a mess in that scene and just just working with uh everyone on the show was so much fun although we were there for like 10 hours uh so we rocked up at like eight o'clock in the morning and then i left at like six so by the time uh we got towards the end of the day i was filming and we were filming the scenes where i'm in the kitchen uh with tibbs and uh and, and abby and we're we're filming the scene the dinner scene i would i had a migraine because I was I just wasn't drinking much because every time I sat down they were like alright we need you to come do another scene uh, another scene and I was like fuck and I developed a massive headache and I remember every time Abby and uh, Tibbs were filming their scenes together I was just sitting there just resting just drinking non-stop water I had the worst headache couldn't even keep my eyes open and uh, we're doing this uh, these scenes and whatever and 
eventually, as soon as they said, all right, that's a wrap. I was like, thank fuck. Uh, I ran in, grabbed my stuff. Had I, I was getting my shoes on. As someone's wiping all the makeup off. Thank God they wiped all that ghoulish makeup off because I had to catch an Uber right to do a gig at the comedy store for the best of the comedy festival. See, I was already in town for the, the, comedy, the Sydney Comedy Festival. So I had to go uh, open at the at the comedy uh comedy store or well, the best of the comedy festival at the store i think it was at the, no it was at the the edmore uh no the factory theater and uh so i i pretty much get in the the uber i'm, f- I'm trying not to throw up and uh we we uber all the way to the to the theater and uh i get to the gig cameron james is there uh susie yusuf and a few others are there at this gig, and I was like, I just need to lay down, and Cameron James was like, don't worry man, uh, when you're about to jump up, I'll come tell you, uh, and I went and laid down on a couch out the back, which was, uh, which was good, but yeah, working on black comedy was the fucking best, the, everything about it, getting to, to, to do sketch comedy was so much fun, it's something I've never done before, uh, acting I've never done before, which was fun, I mean, I've done like musicals and and, uh, and short plays when I was in high school, but doing like actual sketch TV comedy was great. But also, in black comedy uh, was such an opportunity to um, to bridge on a on a culture that I haven't really bridged upon in my life. I don't know if that's the right word. So, growing up, we grew up. Obviously, uh, I'm not. A hundred percent indigenous. I'm not, uh, but my 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 background is so like there's a bit of bit of German, bit of Aboriginal, um, bit of Irish. It's it's I'm, I'm such a crossbreed, so it's good to just uh, to just acknowledge that culture in me and uh, and and get to work with people uh, with uh, an indigenous cast and a Torres Strait. Cl- uh, cast and and work with uh, such an amazing group of people who have the the best stories to share and that was the 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 one thing I loved about black comedy working on it and then watching season four is not only did I get to sit in a room and hear them write these jokes uh, but then I get to watch them uh, be put into place and see this rich culture that we have as as an indigenous community. It was just the fucking best to 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 just see uh, these stories, and uh, we're the best storytellers. Taika Waititi uh, said it the best. He said, the, "We're the we're the original storytellers. This is this is our moment." And to see all of that go from writing into into action was fucking amazing. Um, so just just being able to represent that part of my culture, uh, I fucking loved. Um, and just acknowledge that part of my culture as well as something, uh, as as someone who's grown up as a white man, essentially I've never really focused on that, but it's always been a part of me. Obviously, with my nen, and uh, uh, bridging it into into those roots, uh, it was good to, to to grab those roots and and bring them into twenty nineteen and be able to to show what I can do, and what I can write. And uh, and get called a coconut for five days straight, which was kind of fun. I remember was sitting in the in the room. Uh, I was sitting in the room for the the workshop, and uh, I remember Marco Tool said something, and he stuffed up. And then Jalen went, uh, "What's the matter? Are you afraid of being in a room full of blackfellas?" And I remember going, "Oh fuck!" Like, like. I'm white, you know what I mean, like, I'm white, I don't know how this is going to work, like, yeah, my family, like, my ancestors are black, but, like, I don't really want to say black fella to uh, another white person, Uh, which, it was just, it was just an amazing experience getting to to do all this sort of fun uh, and work with such an amazing family, pretty much. And then to get to to see, uh, the the jaw fuck off, is that Reddit? That's crazy. And then to get to see, 
the job come on TV and uh, and see my horrendous acting, which was fucking fun to watch. But yeah, pretty much this episode has just been a ramble. I understand. I spoke a lot of time on Australia's Got Talent. Not much about black comedy, uh, but I just—it's pretty much just thanking the opportunities that I've I've had doing doing comedy. Uh, I've I've got to do gigs on TV. Uh, got to do shows on TV, which has obviously been amazing. Uh, but yeah, I it just wanted to thank those who have put me up. Obviously, Australia's Got Talent. I wasn't happy how that ended and the process, but the fact that I still got to get up on stage to a live country and and perform comedy was the fucking best, and it's obviously changed uh, my comedy career. It's, it's forged another path, and then black comedy, getting to, to, to represent my culture, but also work in sketch comedy, which I've never done before, was absolutely an honour to work on black comedy and uh, and now I have this ability to work in sketch comedy and, and write scripts I never thought I'd ever be doing that and now I have the ability to write scripts and write sketches uh, but also have that under my belt to say hey I worked on an, another another TV show uh, it's just it's just been all these amazing opportunities have been so much fun because uh, I do want to thank everyone who's who's put put me on board shout outs to abc for uh and black comedy the tv show for for bringing me on board and working working on that tv show shouts to channel seven and Fremantle for for putting me on australia's gut talent i know they probably don't like me anymore i burned some bridges uh but yeah giving me the opportunity uh i probably the next episode will probably be about the lows of comedy. I know I've spoken about a lot of highs of comedy. I've spoken about doing TV and and whatever, but comedy is pretty fucking bad most of the time. Uh, so I'll probably talk about some of the worst of the gigs. Uh, one of my friends actually told me to mention in the next episode me uh, sleeping in and not doing my first ever comedy festival show, which I'll probably mention in the next episode. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. I know this has been a bit of a messy episode. Uh towards the end i tried to clunk it in as much as possible to try and not go over an hour but i do thank you for listening uh episode three this will be released you'll be listening to this on thursday for those who actually do listen uh and then episode four will be out on tuesday uh make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel uh all these videos go up there um if you want to just watch the video uh but also uh yeah it's uh, check this, this, this podcast out on Google, Spotify, uh, tell your friends, get them to listen, uh, the more I can build this, uh, this podcast, the better it can be, obviously, but yeah, thanks for listening once again, uh, hope you enjoy in isolation, and, uh, see you in episode four, peace.